welcome to this week's episode of The Exercise Engineer. This week I'm running through a live Q&A session with my Foundation 42 six-week challenges. Uh, most of these questions and struggles have been sent through via their check-ins. I just wanted to start with their weekly wins, which some of these are just great. So um, we've got absolute, like they don't all have to be fitness related. These are just weekly wins that they've had, which might coincide with fitness, might not. Um, all weekly wins are valid. Abseiling down broom and rocks when scared of heights. So again, doing something that you wouldn't usually do. Maybe you've got a newfound confidence. Um, love that one. Taking rest when needed. Yes, I am injured this week. And actually, I could not agree more with this. And it might be forced rest on my part, but I definitely need it. And yeah, it's it's good to just reflect and think, mm, yeah, I probably needed that actually. Um, went for a run Sunday, first one all week, felt good. Body shape is looking good too. I can see a difference and I like it. Catching up on workouts when they could easily be left and not done. Love that. That is like, you know what? You could have just easily left those and moved on and done these week's workouts instead. But catching up on ones that you might have missed, incredible. Like that shows your dedication. Love that. We've got someone, a period, 28 days. That is insane. Insane. Love that one. Uh, got two interviews after applying for jobs for ages. So again, a newfound confidence, maybe. Love that. Um, fell a bit under the weather this week, so taking a break from running, but I've been having some nice long walks with my dog and smashed 20Ks plus steps every day. So yeah, focus. When, when you can't do stuff, especially now that I'm injured, my, my foot... Uh, my ankle's swollen, so I can't actually do any lower body days. I could not agree more with this. Like, focus on what you can do in terms of hitting your fitness goals. Like, don't have to throw everything away. Just think, right, I can't do this, but what can I do that's still in line with my goals? So, love that one. Really, really good. Uh, being aware, but still mindful of what I was eating. Um, broad brush, how many cows, not overindulging, chew the choosing the low calorie high protein options also took a kettlebell and protein isolate with me love that take it that is commitment taking a kettlebell on holiday with you pure commitment smash all five workouts managed to sling a hedge trimmer around whilst gardening for over an hour without achy arms and shoulders the next day i'm not being funny that is a win that is a pure win and i love that one i am here for that because that is just proof that, yes, we are training to look and feel good, but actually we train for life. And that is, oh, love that one. Love that one. I did my first cold water swim on Sunday. I was absolutely petrified and nearly cancelled last minute, but really embraced it and actually rather enjoyed it. I'm not good at getting out of my comfort zone, so felt so proud of this. Absolutely. Again, building that mental toughness, proving to yourself that you can do hard things so when hard things do come around, you know you can do them and you are mentally tough for that. Like I went into so much detail on this in one of my other episodes um, where I talked about my hard hat system and mental resilience and toughness is so crucial, especially for like endurance sports and like if you're going to start training for a marathon or anything like that or just like anything that's hard that comes, comes across in life, like if you have been doing these hard things, you can prove to yourself that you can do them. So 
again, love that. Wrote a blog that got posted at work. Love that. Played two gigs. Managed three out of four days out of ten. Oh my god, this one. Approached my partner in lingerie I bought two years ago and never felt confident enough to wear. That is a win. Oh my god, I love that one so much, so much. Like again, building confidence. You feel more confident in your body, and the fact you've not worn those for two years and you bought them two years ago, and you're wearing them now, and also doing the approaching, not just waiting. Oh my god, love that one so much. Okay, enough of the weekly wins. Still, absolutely love that though. Okay, so these are the questions and struggles from my six week challenges. Um, need encouragement and not just do it kind. My communication style is I and a D style said to me at the top of Brim and Rocks when I was shaking in fear, you'll be fine, just do it. I could have pushed him off. <laughs> On a downer, so need to get back into it, but finding it hard this week very much. Okay, so when I first read this yesterday when I was typing up these notes, I didn't really know what an I and D style communication style is. So I did a little bit of research and we've got, for those who aren't aware of it, it's the DISC communication styles. So D stands for dominance. And this means like direct and guarded, assertive. You're very fast paced and task focused. You've got I, which is influence, which is direct and open, can be very persuasive. Again, fast paced, but this time more people focused. Then you've got S, which stands for steadiness indirect and open so very supportive a bit more slow paced but still people focused and then you've got conscious oh my god i can't say this word conscious that doesn't spell conscious conscientious that's conscientious my god louise that is so embarrassing i'm so sorry guys which is indirect and guarded so you're very analytical slow paced task very task focused i think that might be me I am very slow. I am very task focused, I think. But people focus as well. I I need to I would like to do this quiz. If you want to do this quiz with me, guys, just let me know and I'll send you the link. And I think we should all do it to work out what type of communication style we are. And then I can help you easier. Mm, I would love that. That'd be great. Okay, so then a bit more of a deep dive into the I. So you'll say you're an I style communication, which is influence, which is more like the emotional optimist. So you want to be able to do something, but sometimes emotions might get in the way. When this happens, um, I I would recommend trying to think of the times where you felt proud, like when you've achieved a hard thing, and then think of like when you've proven to yourself that you can do it, because then you're an optimist, because so you want to be able to do it, but then you're also quite emotional. So let's think about the times and attach emotion to when you felt proud, when you when you've overcome something and like dig deep into the emotional side of that. Um, and because you're quite open as well, you're quite open to new ideas. So trying new things, do something every day that's hard. Like this is what I was just saying then about mental resilience, like working out that it's hard, getting up early when your alarm goes off, get out of bed, cold showers are hard, like build up your, your mental toughness and prove to your th yourself that you can do these hard things every day. And that will help with that sort of, if you feel like you're on a bit of a downer, you need to get back into it, but finding it hard, 
remind yourself that it is hard. It's, it's, it's supposed to be hard. Fat loss is hard. Working out is hard. Like, it's not supposed to be easy. If it was easy, everyone would do it. We'd all have six packs and, like, I don't even have a six pack at the moment. Like, it's, it, it's hard to get. It's hard to maintain. So let's just remind ourselves why we started and remind ourselves that it is supposed to be hard. So do just try and make things as easy as possible to hit. That's how you, we build habits. Make it as easy as possible. Okay, next one. I'm heading to the US next weekend and we'll be doing lots of walking, but won't have access to weights. I'll be able to run until I return on the 28th. We'll be able to do bodyweight exercises in Airbnbs. Love this. So what I've done in these notes, um, come to the notes and I've linked five bodyweight workouts for you to do while you're on holiday. You are welcome. I've only sent you five. Don't panic. I've not totally gone overboard. Uh, one of them is 15 minutes. The rest of them are about 50 minutes. Um, one of them is half an hour. And you, one of them you need a small kettlebell, but only very, only very minor. Just ignore that. I'll like change the exercise up. Um, so enjoy your holiday. Remember to do that. But if you do want to do workouts at the same time, there you go. You are welcome. No escaping from me. Okay. The next one was I, I asked what uh, what do you need from me? More reels on making food. So again, I've linked my guides on Instagram where I've got about 60 different reels showing all the different, like you guys have all the recipes in there, but if you like the actual reels on them, I've linked those there as well. So you can access all of those. Uh, next one. I've started fasting, so I don't have breakfast anymore. What would you suggest is the best way to go around this as I'm struggling to get protein in and find myself having a large meal at dinner time? For those who don't live in Yorkshire, dinner time means lunch and then wanting to snack slash eat less around tea time. Again, for those in Yorkshire, tea time means dinner. That's really confusing. Let's just remove dinner. So we've got eating large meals at lunch and then wanting to snack or eat less around evening meal. Okay, so when it comes to making sure you're getting your protein in, making sure you're spreading the protein over three feeds still. And yes, I'm going to call it a feed because it's all about the fuel. Um, if you want to, I would recommend setting a protein alarm. And that sounds sort of ridiculous, but I think spread making sure you've got that evenly spread, especially if you are fully cutting out a full meal at this point, um, still spread out your protein over three feeds and set a form of alarm. So you can either go, I've, I've written down some options for you in this. So you can either go for a large lunch and then have a small tea and then an evening high protein snack just before you go to bed. Um, that, that works. Like, and that could literally be a protein shake. It could be a protein bar, anything less than ideally like two, 300 calories, absolute max. You don't want to be digesting something too heavy before bed. Um, or you could try and go for more of a regular sized lunch and then have a mid afternoon snack and then a regular sized tea as well. Um, if, you're struggling to portion your lunch because you realize you're absolutely starving because you haven't had any breakfast, then meal prep your lunch because there you've already got a portion that's already decided for you. Like you can't really eat more if the portion size isn't there. I'd also like to ask why you're fasting. Um, 
is it just to reduce calories or is it to have you been listening to fasting podcasts in which case are you trying to get the benefits of the fast if you are just reducing calories i would recommend still maybe just having 100 kilo like kilogram 100 kilogram protein shake christ that would be hefty no 100 calorie protein shake so you're getting 20 g's protein in first thing in the morning but you're only having 100 calories if you're actually fasting for the benefits of the fast then obviously you can't do this you can only have water and black coffee um so again just ask yourself why you're fasting if you are struggling to get your protein in and you're only doing it for the reduction of calories have a 100 calorie protein shake first first thing and like get it out of the way and then sort of forget about it and sort of treat it as you've not had anything because it's only 100 calories and you're getting your 20 grams of protein in. Um, if not, I would recommend having one post-workout. Definitely get a protein shake in post-workout. You want to be optimizing that muscle protein synthesis. Um, so I'm thinking, just thinking out loud here, if you've got an eight-hour eating window, it depends when you want to break the fast. So uh, is your first feed at 10 a.m., in which case you could still technically have breakfast, just a later breakfast. So you're eating at 10 a.m., half one, and then maybe five o'clock. Or you can break the fast at 11, have like a mid-afternoon snack at half two, and then a normal-sized lunch uh, dinner at 6 p.m. Or if you break your feed, break your fast at 12 and have your first feed then, then you could have, if you have a big lunch at 12, you could have, like, skip the afternoon snack, have an early-ish lunch, no, dinner. Oh, my God, I'm getting so confused with the lunch, dinners, and teas. I'm trying to make it like, so, we, so everyone knows what we're talking about when we say dinner. So first feed is at 12, then you've got an early tea at half four, and then you could have, like, a late snack at 8 p.m just make sure that 8 p.m snack is high protein and you're not just eating a full chocolate bar so yeah depends what you're snacking on depends what your first feed is but definitely recommend having three feeds of protein even if that's two meals and one snack that's what i would recommend definitely spread it out otherwise it's really difficult to get all your protein in in just two meals like doable but again would need to meal prep to make sure you already have portioned out your protein. Definitely would recommend that. Okay, some tips on how to calorie deficit. I'm eating quite a bit at the moment. Now I'm tracking. Okay, so this person wasn't tracking before and they have recently picked this up in the last week. Now I'm tracking. I'm eating around 2,200. Mind you, I'm not sure if that's just my period hanger. Let's see if I still use the excuse next week. Okay, so you can make some easy calorie swaps. So tips on how to calorie deficit. So for those listening who have never counted calories before or anything, like you need to be in a calorie deficit in order to lose fat. You can either increase your calorie expenditure, which is just moving more, or you can reduce your calorie intake, which is sort of eating less, but also eating smarter. So we don't want to just fully cut out loads of stuff or eat tiny, tiny portions. But what we can do and the most effective way to create a calorie deficit from eating smarter is make some really easy calorie swaps. So I don't know why this is the first one, but this is the first one that came to my head. Like sausages. You can easily have chicken sausages instead. 
because chicken is a much leaner meat and you still get the benefits and enjoyment of the sausage. Um, really easy one to swap out, milk, cream, yogurts. So it depends what coffee you're having. Um, I always order skimmed milk in my cappuccino in the morning and always have 0% fat-free Greek. 0% fat-free. No, it's either 0% fat or fat-free. Greek yogurt. Um because you get the same amount of protein for less calories. And I think it tastes very, relatively similar. Well, she says until I tried full fat Greek yogurt the other day. And wow, it was just, it was, it was so creamy. It really was sensational. Um, but again, if you're not used to having it, you don't really know what you're missing out on. Um, so just get used to it. <laughs> it sounds brutal, but yeah. Um, Chocolate bars, you can trade for protein bars, but please, 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 please check the protein versus calorie content because a lot of the ones at the shop at the moment have high protein on it. And then you actually look at the protein versus calorie content and you might only be getting 10 grams of protein for like 250, 300 calories. And in my head, that is absolutely not worth it. So don't panic and just get anything that says high protein, actually check the content on the back, please. What you're looking for is about, I go 20 grams of protein. You shouldn't really be more than 250 calories max. Um, a few that I get at the moment are out here. I'm not sure if they have them in England. I didn't see them, but 45 grams and it's 320 calories that is high protein. Like that is super dense. If you don't want a super dense one, you don't need 45 grams in a protein bar because that's nearly like a meal size. But um, yeah, definitely 20 to 25 grams of protein or less than 300 calories. Don't dip much lower than that. We need to stimulate that muscle protein synthesis, get that muscle growth going from that little snack. There's no point having a high protein snack really if you're just eating it and it's about 10 grams like yes it'll help to your overall protein for the day but if you're intermittent fasting and one of your feeds like you still need three ideally so that needs to be up more than 20 ideally um other easy swaps oh this person isn't intermittent fasting but there you go um butter cooking oils, change to the one calorie spray. That's a really easy way. Like I know olive oil can be really good, but making sure you're actually tracking that because wow, that can easily add up. Um, crisps, if you like the crunch, I would recommend changing to sweet or salty popcorn, um, not the stuff covered in toffee, unfortunately. Ice creams, I would trade for, you can either get low calorie ice cream or I love a high-protein Freya where I mix protein yogurt or 0% fat Greek yogurt with frozen berries, sometimes some seeds, a bit of honey in there, mix it all together, either blitz it together if you want. Absolutely delicious, super high-protein and relatively low in calories. Uh, salad dressings, oils, hummus, just double-check all the calories on those. Um, there's always low-calorie versions that taste very similar, so always trade those. Bagels, breads, pastries. I usually go for a bagel thin or English muffins um, or those other little thins like Warburton thins. 
they're great as well if you do still need the carbs and get those glucose in just not as hefty especially if you're trying to reduce those calories um fruit juices definitely have the whole food versions it'll help you stay for longer it really will and you get much more fiber from it you get more nutrients and you stay full for longer and it actually feels like a meal so whereas juice you can just glug down and you don't really feel it hit the sides definitely recommend the whole food versions and then eggs instead of having maybe two or three eggs have one egg and then add some egg whites because that's where you get the protein and that's the low calorie bit as well so the egg yolks is where the fat and extra calories are so if we can cut those out ideal you can actually buy egg whites in the carton if you don't want to waste the egg yolk or you don't want to separate yourself okay other things you can do for helping with a calorie deficit focus on high protein high fiber foods again i've just said it will help you stay much fuller for longer trust me like when people first convert to high protein options they're like wow it really does impact hunger like there's only so much protein rich food you can eat like it gets heavy it's very rich very quickly that's why on the keto diet when you're only eating meat and fats like they are very rich foods that you can you can you can really only eat a certain amount of them before you start to feel quite sick um so that's why that diet works i would not recommend it though you cut out way too many food groups um high volume diet as well would recommend eat more for less calories so really fill your plate um with things that don't have many calories on and you like the the actual act of eating also fills you up which sounds ridiculous but again high volume foods lots of color lots of fiber so lots of vegetables and lean proteins very high volume foods and then think about what you can add to your diet instead of restrict so when we think calorie deficit deficit we think oh i've got to cut out this this and this well no it's like what can you add so exactly what i've just said there with a high volume diet eat more for less calories like what high volume foods can you add to your diet that you love that are tasty maybe you want to add loads of watermelon loads of broccoli carrots um aubergines courgettes pumpkin butternut squash like these are really good forms of carbs which aren't necessarily starchy carbs but they're still delicious lots of nutrients lots of micronutrients and super delicious and less calories than the carb alternative or high fat version as well um those are just my main tips off the top of my head to how to create a calorie deficit also that's just the nutrition side of it. If you did want to focus on a little bit more calorie expenditure as well, get an extra walk in after your evening meal. That really, really helps with digestion. Um, and yeah, get get building some muscle. Start working harder in the gym, lift heavier. Let's go. Okay. Uh, anything else I can help you with? So I this person has put, can't think of anything. I really enjoyed the extra leg workout on your reel this week. I really focus on my legs at the minute. I want them to be stronger and less wobbly. Very positive on this. However, I did want to just raise something. Like you can't spot reduce fat, so which is really sad, I know. Um, it still pains me. But um, you can choose where you stimulate and build muscle. So yeah, let's focus on 
Maybe if you want to add another leg day to your program, that is absolutely fine. Just make sure it's not back-to-back days. And then obviously plenty, plenty, plenty of protein. Let's build some serious muscle. And it's not necessarily that it will become less wobbly, but you will definitely find it easier to lean out that area because the legs are big muscles. They are big, big muscles. So you will burn more calories doing more leg days. And the more muscle that you build on your legs, the more calories your body burns naturally because they are huge muscles. So they are great for building muscle and also burning calories. Um, I haven't managed to wear myself this week, been aware, but I've had such a good week. We've eaten out. I haven't felt guilty or like I couldn't have been so thoughtful. I just, I read that so wrong. You've eaten out and I haven't felt guilty or like I couldn't. Oh, or felt like you couldn't eat out. But I've been so thoughtful. My partner and I have danced our way around the living room as a fun and different way to bump up our steps and have met all the workouts. On the days where steps were 8 slash 9k, the next days were all over 12, 13k. Fantastic way to increase neat. I love that. I just say, like, especially when it's like cold in the UK now, it's freezing. You don't want to go outside. Have a boogie in the living room. I think someone else has a has a boogie in the kitchen while you're making your meals on an evening. Fantastic ways, especially that you're doing that together. I love that. And I did want to just raise on the fact when steps were eight, nine thousand, the fact the next day you are doing well over 12, 13 and balancing that out. Like it's not the end of the world if you don't hit your 10,000 steps. This is so, so crucial because I think we can get into the mindset of, oh, I've really messed up today. I've not hit my 10,000 steps. I've thrown it all away. There's no point in me carrying on. Whereas, no, it's like, right, what can you do the next day to make sure it doesn't happen again? Reflect on it and think, right, let's get more in today because actually it does balance out. It averages out. As long as you then don't overeat because you're thinking, oh, well, I've done more steps today so I can eat more. Actually, no, it's balanced out from the day before. Just continue eating exactly the same. And it actually is your steps as an average over the week, as long as we're not doing 3,000 one day and 20,000 the next day, I don't mind at all if you're hitting eight or nine and then 12, 13 the next day, absolutely fine. Um, but just making sure you are getting that minimum of five or six, I would push it. Six really is an absolute minimum. Um, yeah, again, fantastic way to increase neat. I absolutely love that. Um, and I think that's one thing about the community vibe as well. Like you get ideas from other people, how they're managing to increase their neat. Um, one way that I love is just commuting to work. If you work from home, like actually get out, get some fresh air and then go back home and then start your working day. Like this morning, I technically haven't done my workout yet or anything, but I've been up, I've been out, I've got my coffee, I've gone for a walk, did my pull-ups. Like I've done that sort of side of my non-negotiables before I've started my working day and I love that. And then I'm going to go film a workout after this. Um, So yeah, fantastic way to increase your knee, get your steps in still. Um, And then same person has also written, more importantly, I'm realizing that the number on the scales does not dictate everything. Yes. And I'm feeling great. And I even think looking a bit more toned. Yes, you absolutely will be. Like, totally agreed. Skill weight is good for trends, but remember the daily fluctuations. So don't let 
standing on the scales dictate your mood for that day at all. Like, I I totally get it. I used to be there as well. You step on the scales every morning, expecting it to go down because you had a really good day yesterday. And it's either the same or it's actually gone up. And it's like, how the hell has it done that? And then it puts you in a really bad mood, throws you off. You think, oh, well, it's not working anyway, so I may as well eat a horse. Like, don't let standing on the scales dictate your mood for the day because the, the minute your mood is down, that's when we reach for foods that we crave. And it's just, it's a downward spiral from there, really. Like, scale weight fluctuations, time of the month, volume of food. Have you been to the toilet yet? your water intake, your salt intake, the types of food that you're eating, these all will have an impact on what the skill weight is saying. So really, really good that you're finally realizing that the number on the scales doesn't dictate everything. There are so many fluctuations involved and the fact that it's not going to throw you off and you can have a really positive, like, oh, so positive, so, so good. Um, I did just want to add on that as well. When it comes to body recomposition, when we are trying to build muscle and lose fat, the scale won't, won't change that much or won't change as much as if we were just trying to lose fat and we were doing excess amounts of cardio and steps and eating minimal. The fact that we still need to fuel our bodies well for the workouts Build that muscle like maintenance calories is the best for body recomposition. So because you want to be able to build strength, you want muscle because muscle is amazing. The more muscle you have, the more calories your body burns naturally at rest because it technically increases your BMR, which is your basal metabolic rate. We work this out using some form of calorie calculator to start and then go off that and sort of like track your calories and think, right, is this working? Do we need to reduce them? Do we need to go up, down? etc. Um, so stay consistent for three to four weeks minimum. If there's still no changes on the scale weight, check your tracking absolutely everything. And then maybe reduce your calories by approximately 100 to 200 for like another three to four me- weeks and then reassess. So body recomp is really difficult when it comes to checking progress on the scale. Like, yes, we still lose fat a lot faster than we build muscle, but it still slows down that scale weight changing. And that can be really off-putting when you think you're not achieving your goals. But then all of a sudden, you'll step on the scales in about four or five weeks and then you'll be like, oh, shit. And then you'll look in the mirror and be like, oh, shit. Like, you, you'll you look insane. Like, it'll be the look of you that changes more than what it says on the scales. Like, I am the same weight as I was three years ago now but I look completely different, completely different. So just remember that it's a huge, huge different. I think I might even wear more than I did when I was uncomfortably overweight. And now building that muscle, yes, it's taken years. And yes, I feel incredible, but it's been difficult while looking at the scales go up. I'm not going to lie. Like that has been difficult to watch, but this, but uh, like when you understand that it's muscle, it's food, it's the time of the month, it's like it's really obvious that the scale weight fluctuates ridiculous amounts. If you haven't seen my reel on scale weight fluctuations, you need to go watch it. It is incredible. It's currently pinned at the top of my reels, so on Instagram, so you shouldn't have to scroll too far down. I don't know how 
lit. You are you guys are listening to this. Um, but definitely go watch that because I'm gonna I'm just gonna say I <laughs> it was so embarrassing. I didn't even want to post this. I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna post this to the world. I weighed myself first thing, hadn't done anything, and I was 66.1 kg. And then went to the toilet, came back, and I was 64.6. I lost one and a half kilos from going to the toilet. And you might be thinking, oh my God, Louise, that is absolutely disgusting, mate. Why have you just told us that? But that shows how much it can fluctuate. It is ridiculous, but there you go. You are welcome. And on that note, I'm going to love you and leave you there, guys. If you found this interesting, if you found this helpful, um, and you want to sign up to Foundation 42 or one of my next six-week challenges, then link is in the show notes and send this to a friend if you think they might benefit. Love that, guys. If you've got any more questions, ping them at me over my Instagram DMs or sign up and I will answer them during this live Q&A. Thank you so much, guys, for listening and I will see you next week. Bye. Bye.